What will it mean if Offaly can win a third McCarthy Cup on Sunday? It mean a hell of a lot of drinking, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> His father, Brendan, was a champion Gaelic football, part of the All-Ireland Championship team in 1982. And oh, a magnificent spot! Billy Julie! But certainly, as a naughty man, I don't think anybody gives out about all players. We are football, we are hurling, and for good measure, we are chaos, we are upheaval, and we are national news. My name is Kevin Egan, and this is episode 23 of We Are Offaly. What a week it has been, between the Offaly senior footballers losing one manager, picking up one other manager and three more good guys alongside him, between our senior hurlers giving Kilkenny plenty to think about despite a quite disjointed performance that manager Kevin Martin said lacked work rate, we still put ourselves in a position where it could very easily have been a shock result going into the closing stages of, of Sunday's game in Nolan Park. It wasn't to be, however, and now all the stage is set for Wexford. But really and truly, you have to feel sorry for our hurlers. There's little or nothing they could do to take the stage from our footballers and everything that's going on behind the scenes in Offaly football at the moment. Stephen Wallace is not the Offaly football manager any longer. He's departed the scene He's able to serve out his suspension in peace and quiet. On the other hand, we now have four men, Paul Rouse, John Rouse, Stephen Darby and Alan McNamee have stepped into the breach and they're going to try and right the Offaly ship in advance of the qualifiers. This obviously will be a huge topic of conversation as I talk to Brian Gavin now shortly. But first, we also spoke about the hurling. First and foremost, let's give credit to what the action that's happened on the field and Offaly's game in Kilkenny yesterday afternoon. Brian, um, we'll start with the simple stuff. We'll, t- we'll start with the on-field action because we had a reasonably encouraging performance yesterday in Nolan Park. Um, you know, I know at the end of the day, it, it still wasn't a win and Kevin Martin has been quite clear about the fact that that's what he's in this competition for, to try and win games. But it's quite encouraging. When you're within three points at Kilkenny with a few minutes to go, they're obviously doing something right. Yeah, one, one would be, I'd say, satisfied, but would you believe, Kevin, I'm still a bit disappointed like I was again in the Galway game, and just for the simple reason that I still think we can hurl a bit better. You know, I'm not saying we're going to win these games, like I says, we're going to pick Galway, but I still think we can hurl a lot better. And I think it's just the confidence, you know, to play at that level and, the, you know, the, the teams you're playing again and the skill level is, is high. And, you know, that, that's, just instead, lads bedding down and getting used to the pace now with this championship because you have to meet in the league champions, you have to meet in the All Ireland champions. So, one, you know, one it suspects naturally enough they're going to be very hard games to win. But I still think there's a little bit more left in the locker on these players, especially in the forward line. Yes, that we just didn't get going. We've done a very strange thing in the first half. All our six forwards were inside the Kilkenny 45s which left very little space for us to hurl. And because we're a big forward line, we're big big men and they need a bit of room and need a bit of space. So that was a little bit of disappointing. And, you know, with the breeze, we started very well in the first five or ten minutes. But after that, then, Kenny got on top of it. And really, T.J. Reid's goal put us under the back foot for the remainder of the game. But in fairness, 
the work rate uh, in the second half was way better than the first half. So Kevin would be happy with that. And he, he mentioned that in his after-match uh, comments mm. as well. Yeah, I, I think, look, there's no doubt there were plenty of mistakes. But I suppose, you know, that I, I was equally impressed that, you know, particularly, as you say, in the second half, after we were enforcing Kilkenny into making mistakes, which is very much, I mean, that that's what you want to see from the team first and foremost, make life difficult for the opposition and then try and impose your own game on it. As you say, I mean, I, you know, I thought the alignment in the first half was a little strange. Um, but at the same time, look, probably there was an element of try and get, get in a bit closer and maybe get goals out of it or something like that. And there were a couple of chances when that could have happened. I'm thinking of kind of there was a delayed pass that didn't go into Dan Corum's in time. There was a few other opportunities when an awfully goal could have yeah. changed the game a little bit. Yeah, and, you know, a couple of turning points. I suppose the major turning point from an awfully point of view was with about um, seven or eight minutes. When we were after getting the goal and we had it down to three or four, Ronan Hughes raced onto a great ball, created huge space. He had Ushin Kelly on his right and he chained Dooley on his left and he chose Shane Dooley. Now, he probably didn't see Ushin Kelly on his right, but if he had to, Ushin was completely on his own and there's no doubt he would have finished him. And that side would have been on level with seven minutes to go and that would have been a huge, huge lift. In saying that, then Kilkenny broke away from the ball. They got a point out of that resultant play and then they got a goal by Ian Banjing. So you were gone from nearly a level game to seven down. Now, in all that, also if you did level with seven minutes to go, one would have to put a little bit perspective on it that Kilkenny had 23 wides in the game. They dominated most areas on the pitch and, you know, there was never really any in doubt only for that off goal. And that was... Like we can talk about passes, but as long as I'm going to hurl the match, I've seen one of the best passes from Shane Dooley yesterday to set up at the awfully goal. And, you know, there was doubts whether it was Conor Maher and Joe Bergen. I think it was Conor Mahan. Some people think it was Joe Bergen, but I think I give the credit to Conor Mahan. I could be wrong, but it was a fantastic play. But to answer your initial question, yeah, we could have been level with seven minutes to go. So the work rate in the second half and the commitment from Offaly was second to none again. So we're getting there. We're just getting there slowly but surely. But morale victories now are not much good anymore with Wexford and Dublin to come, you know? Yeah, well, that's it. Like the goalpost shift now because, I mean, the, okay, the two games, as you say, you're taking on the All-Ireland champions in the first game. You're taking on the National League champions in the second you know, Offaly could have hurled to 90% and still probably taken nothing out of these two games. They might have finished a bit closer to them, but they probably would have done well to pick up a win. And like that, I think Kilkenny, as you say, between the wides, and there was a couple of players, probably wasn't their absolute best starting 15 yesterday. You know, that they probably held a little bit more in reserve. It gets a bit different this week now. I mean, you have Wexford coming to Tullamore, I mean, if we've seen between Leinster and Munster so far, home advantage has been a very, very big deal. So suddenly that puts a lot of pressure on to try and pick up this result this week. It does indeed, but this is a game I definitely win originally, and, and it's just my opinion on Wexford that I just think they're a team that might do Halsey, and I think, you know, the game this Saturday night coming is a chance for Offaly to uh, really rattle and really try and get a result. And, you know, we're promised maybe 22 or 23 degrees at the weekend. Uh, Wexford will travel in huge numbers and you know I, I, I expect a big Offaly crowd there now I was disappointed just with the Offaly crowd there wasn't a huge there wasn't mm. a huge uh, gathering of Offaly people and there wasn't a big crowd from Kilkenny either you know everyone expected Kilkenny to win and no one expected Offaly so I'm expecting a huge game this Saturday night but you know it is the view said the goalposts have changed and of course they've changed you know we're in with a chance here in these last two games whether people want to believe it or not 
I definitely believe it. I feel we have a better chance against Wexford nearly at home than Dublin away. So, you know, I'm expecting a big Aussie crowd to come out Saturday night because if Aussie can stay in this game until the 10 minutes to go, I think, you know, we might see just a little bit of a mini shock on here. So let's hope I'm right to you, you know. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, the, the funny thing about it is Wexford haven't beaten Dublin at the weekend probably means that in terms of survival, it'll still come down to Parnell Park. But having said yeah. that, I mean, they, they, you know, at this stage now, look, Dublin have the benefit of a week off. So the only thing Offaly can do to counteract that is give themselves some positive momentum. You mm. know, and that's that's obviously what we what we really want to see. It's it's funny you say that you're you were kind of surprised at the lack of crowds. I mean, I, I to be honest, I was looking at the crowds, particularly at the two Munster games. I think it was what was it, twenty thousand in Limerick and Tip, and twenty four thousand Cork and Clare. I was I was stunned that that many turned up. You know, for yeah. for games that I mean, nobody suddenly. I, I like. I don't think there's a single person out there that thinks the Tipperary now have no chance of winning the Munster Championship just because they lost and and lost badly as well. So you know, these games there's still there's a there's a lot of um, you know, we're a long way from actually getting to business business end of proceedings. Leinster is a little bit different. It's further on. In terms of yeah. in terms of Offaly's game this week, I mean. We've had guys coming in and out, as you said. The forward line still hasn't necessarily fired. You know, what are there any particular selection calls you'd be looking out for in advance of Saturday night? Because there's no more, as you said, there's no more shadow boxing now. No, and I suppose there's a couple of maybe I wouldn't say strange, but like I think Kevin's after using maybe 23 roughly players, maybe 22, 23. Um, I suppose it was a bit of a surprise that Keel and Kylie didn't get a run yesterday. Uh, Tommy Garrity was only introduced late. Uh, Sean Ryan got time. I suppose Ronan Hughes was a surprise for some people, but obviously he must be going well in training. Uh, also, Dermot Sharp was a natural replacement for the injured John Gardner. Mm. And Walter Welch probably not starting for Kilkenny. So, obviously, have maybe 22 or 3 players used now at this stage. And I suppose Kevin is just trying to get. Like, you take Tom Spain, who actually hurled well in period yesterday, but still his man scored 4 points. Should we have put in. Then Keneally on him, then his man was under pressure as well. So, you know, it's getting hard to just settle down. The battling seems to be the most serious. Now, then you take a Conor Mahan that can start and come on and look rusty nearly, if anything, and, and was using a long hurl trying to pick balls. And, you know, at this time of the year, you have some time against Kenny or Gall or anyone. And it's the same with Wexford being toppy in a second. We just need to speed up our hurling a little fraction, especially around the forward line, you know, of course. To see what the 15 starting team is for next week, that'll be hard to know. Um, because Paddy, Paddy Delaney didn't really set the world alive when he came on. Done one or two good things, but it's still off for a grand squad or six banks will be next Saturday, and that's for certain. You could merely pick midfield. Uh, Jenkins and David King have nailed mm. down their bases, but the forward line, you know, will Conor Mahan start? Will Ocean Kelly start? You know, hard to know, hard to know. Yeah, I, I have to say, and, and and in a lot of cases, I think some of these guys they're they're quite similar in the sense that, you know, you look at say a Colin Egan and Conor Mahan. I mean, what the, what the two guys give you is not too dissimilar in one sense. You know, Matt Connor maybe a little bit more of a goal threat, Colin a bit more under the puckouts and so on. Um, personally, I'm kind of I, I'm expecting definitely no shift from the big man attack approach because. Up against Wexford with the sweepers and so on, I, I, I normally like to see use this free man up along the field, but Wexford won't give you that, so you're probably as well off go direct early where you can. 
you know, get in behind them because they definitely will, Wexford will have cover in the back line if you try and run it into them, I would imagine. Yeah, but the Wexford full back line are very suspect and the League 2 goal yesterday, and, you know, awfully need to target that. I think we need Joe Bergen in the edge of the square along with Shane Dooley. Uh, I think Ocean Kelly is more comfortable wearing number 13 and playing that side of the pitch. I don't see him as a half-forward. Um, Colin Egan, you know, Colin wins great possession and then his hurling just lets him down a little bit as in delivering the ball or laying it off because he's a big man and, you know, it's the same with Conor Mahan. Uh, Dan, Dan Curran's uh, at stages looked in it, but see, the one thing Dan gives you is he works his socks off, you know. Even if it's not going well for Dan, he makes it awkward for the opposition. So, um, hard to know. But then Paddy Murphy was tried after doing well again Galway and things didn't go well for Paddy. Now, one thing that was very noticeable in Nolan Park yesterday was the pitch, or whatever cogs or studs, the Washington Kenny players, they were nearly slowing down going into a ball and no one they were nearly going to save. So, you get the little drop of rain before the game didn't help anyone that way. But it wasn't an excuse for either team. But, you know, you'd be dis- Paddy Murphy would be disappointed after doing well against Galway. And, you know, Shane Dooley in glimpses only yesterday. Joe Bergen got three points from that. He was our best forward. So, mm. I, I think if we target the Wexford full back and go with Ushin Kelly, uh, Joe Bergen and Shane Dooley inside, we might reap the rewards on trying to hold their three-per system that's on the half-forward line. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I think that that's in general. I have to say that that, that you know when you're a very system-based approach, which Wexford are, and which to be honest, all Davy Fitzgerald teams are, quite often it struggles to evolve as time goes on. And I know Wexford got some very very good results in the National League. Um, you know the win over Galway in particular, standing out. But at the same time. I'm not. Um, I, I, generally speaking, you find with Davy Fitzgerald teams, he had a great first year with Waterford. It didn't really power on. He had a, an unbelievably good first year with Clare. You know, picks up the All Ireland. Didn't really build on it over the next couple of years. Similarly, like he's got got out to a great start with Wexford, and they haven't really come on another little bit. So I'm certainly looking at this as a big opportunity because, you know, Kevin Martin. Uh, gift Aidan Hanrahan these boys they definitely do their homework they'll know about what they'll know what they're going to get from Wexford this week so I mean everything really in that sense I feel the stars are aligning for them Yeah the one thing about Wexford is five or six really good hurlers but he has built a team around them with physique and fitness and they don't give you much time in the ball they work 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 and that's what David Fitzgerald does with every team you know they try and turn over possession they try and create a little bit of space then for their better hurlers and they try and punish on the counter attack and in fairness to them, they were in big trouble yesterday when Dublin went one up only with two or three minutes ago. And they showed a bit of character about Wexford to dig themselves out of a hole. And, you know, that's why I'm saying the last 10 minutes next Saturday evening is going to be crucial. And um, I definitely expect this game to be nearly tied or level with 10 minutes to go. And not many other people might. And I think I'm crazy saying this, but I definitely do think it'll be close next week with 10 minutes to go. And if then the Aussie team will have to dig deep, they'll have to think about all the training sessions they've done since October, November and everything to get them over the line. This is where you grind your teeth now and you go somewhere and you do whatever you can to try and get a victory because nothing else will be good enough, as you said, with the results with Dublin already, you know, on a better scoring difference, even though more of us have one team. It's like we get a result and mm. have confidence going into Parnell Park. So, even a draw at this stage wouldn't be the end result, you know. Oh, draw would be fantastic because, as you say, it takes the it takes the scoring difference aspect off the table. And for me, the big thing is like that is that Dublin get a chance to put their feet up to try and get their get guys healthy again this week. 
you know, I've said this before, I think the fixtures have worked out absolutely shockingly badly for Offaly in this case. So, you know, the the only thing you can do to counteract that is get something. Before before I leave the Hurling, um, I was in O'Connor Park as well on Saturday morning for um, minor hurlers against Kildare. You know, didn't actually dominate for huge stretches, but at the same time, they've now played two games and had two good wins. So, so far, so good for Ewan and Martin and his team there. Yeah, and in fairness to you, Mark McDonald, these lads inside out after having them with development squads down mm. in the last number of years, and you know they have a couple of fine, you know they're they're a fine hurlers, a young Dunhu and young Kylie in particular are outstanding hurlers, and they're big strong lads for under 17s, you know. So mm. like they hurl them well. I I see a little problem coming. Well, not a, I wouldn't say it's a problem, but our under 21s this year mightn't be over strong, and if we could only get one or two players out under 21 to feed the seniors in the next year or two, maybe even three. Mm. And then we get three or four of these lads that come in at 17. That's what we need to keep the strength at the senior level. And I suppose I was one criticising the John McDonough Cup, as in hoping Offie wouldn't be relegated. But when you think about the prize, and even if Offie had to go down this year to the John McDonough, you know, if they could win that next year, you're already then into a, a provincial qualifier. So it'll put you back in a good position, even though you wouldn't be hurling that position, you'd like to be hurling. But it's not the worst of the world. It's not like before where you've no chance of coming back into the qualifier. At least this time, whatever team does go down from Leinster will have a, have a chance to get back into the All-Ireland qualifier next year, you know? Oh, you know, I, I appreciate that completely. Yeah. And I mean, I've often said that in terms of in terms of a successful underage team, you know, it's often, that if you like, the last four or five names that go on the team sheet that will define you. You know, because if if you have to put in weak players, then that's where you're going to struggle. Whereas, from a senior development point of view, it's it's naturally going to be the first four or five that you'll keep an eye on. Now, look, it's not that you'd be dismissing any players at at, at 17 years of age or anything like that. But yeah, I think definitely with this team, there's a couple of standout individuals. Kylie, I mean, obviously, one eleven was fantastic. I'm I'm every time I see him, I'm hugely impressed with Stephen Stephen Lockman in goals. I think his reflexes are absolutely superb. And there were several others. I mean, DJ McLaughlin went well. There was, um, as you said, Donahue had another fine game. So there's good hurlers here, absolutely. I just, you know, I, I'll be interested to see them when they go up against the better teams. It's a little disappointing that they're in what they call Tier 2. You know, me the last week, Kildare this week. Form would suggest that they'll probably beat Antrim this Sunday afternoon up in Loud. You know, they, don't, they won't have the same level of preparation as, for example, Leash that have had good games against Kildare or Kildare says I against uh, Kilkenny Dublin and yeah. Wexford but sure look I suppose we have to we have to earn our way back into the good teams isn't that yeah, it yeah and I just like I said to you like, all we need to do is keep three or four coming every second or two, you know every second year every year and that's what we need to do because we know where we are in the pecking order so stop the hemorrhaging balance the ship and then we can really progress and we, but we do need to put plans in place now in the coming years you know and in fairness there is a good bit of work being done at the cushion and Nog and uh, the level and that so look let's get a couple of players through every year as I said get a bit of stability and see where it takes us from there you know absolutely yeah. we can't avoid it any longer it's time to talk about our football mess um, yeah. I think things have been you look on the management front there has been resolution. Obviously, Stephen Wallace is no longer the manager, as you forecast this time last week. Um, we've definitely got a team of dedicated Offaly men on board. Uh, Paul and John Rouse, Stephen Darby, Alan McNamee, certainly no, no, there, there can be no questioning their credentials in terms of you know, their understanding of football or their devotion to the Offaly cause. Um, 
now this, what's your take on the whole situation now that the dust has settled somewhat? Um, I suppose, look, uh, it's had to be a turbulent week and I suppose even, you know, like it, it's difficult when you're in the commentary box and people might realise you're trying to describe to the people exactly what, the, what you're seeing and what's happened. And, you know, that's what myself and Brian Darby done to the people last week. We described them what we saw, what was happening in front of us. And, look, some of the things were battered and even the Midland Tribune or the Tullamore Tribune said, you know, agreed that some of the decisions that was made on the day was baffling. But look, it, it's nearly water under the bridge now, Kevin. I think the people of Offaly know exactly what was going on and what happened. And even as far as the letter being typed out and a laptop and a photo being taken out and none, no player signed it, that was a red flag situation as well. But I suppose the main thing, and I said it three or four weeks ago, even on Midlands 103, um, what we saw down in Kerry was the turning point here for all to see that an inter-county manager do what he done just wasn't acceptable at this level. And even though, uh, I suppose, putting the chairman's hat in, you're entitled to go to appeal and, you know, contest it like he did in Kerry, first of all, and then he went on to Munster Council. Even though he said that he accepted his punishment, he never really accepted it because he appealed it everywhere he went. So, you know, that, that was an unfortunate But When that happened, I think we just should have said to Stephen, look, thanks for your commitment in the last couple of months, but we need to move on. We just can't have someone over the team who's after doing what he's done. And, you know, that would have been probably the end of it. So it just dragged on a bit far and it really uh, escalated then with tweets and radios and everything. And, you know, more than anyone, uh, it was disappointing. But as I said last month on this podcast, I'm sure there would have been a few awfully people who have awfully interested at their heart would stand up and take these lads that they deserve because these are genuine nice fellas and they train hard. And thankfully we've got nearly the perfect four in place for the next few weeks. Mm, absolutely. I mean, I have to say, look, that there was a lot of, I won't say backlash is the wrong word. I mean, I think when it came to the PR battle, I don't think there's any doubting that, you know, when it came to managing the media, Stephen Wallace played a good game over the last week. Um, Tommy Byrne, by contrast, you know, I, I don't think he would have won over too many people from outside the county with his kind of interview on News Talk. Because, you know, you or I, and indeed most awfully people listening into this, will be familiar with a lot of things that were going on. Tommy, I think for his part, just gave very, very straight, simple answers to questions. And, you know, whereas in contrast to the way Stephen went into great detail about everything, how he read how things had gone on and how he felt that he was not being supported by the county board and how he had the complete backing of the players and so on. You know, Tommy was a little bit hamstrung because he didn't want to talk about the players. He didn't want to get them involved in it whatsoever, which personally, and I say this entirely personally, I think was completely the right course of action. And as you say, I mean, what else could they do in that as long as the manager maintained his innocence, they had to stand behind him. And by appealing it, that's what he was doing. And then you can only take action then when a determination is found. And that determination only came in on Saturday night. So... On this, there's a lot of things out there where the county board have taken a lot of criticism for. In this instance, my gut feeling is they couldn't really have handled it any other way. Yeah, you possibly could say they would be entitled to terminate your contract on video evidence alone for themselves, looking at it, judging it themselves. But in saying that, as I said, Stephen Wallace was entitled to go to have his hearing, and then when that didn't be successful in Kerry, he was uh, entitled to go to Munster Council. The one thing I'd say is the players probably felt that maybe people were ma- putting them under pressure to make a decision whether they wanted a manager or not. And they rightly stood over and nearly pulled back on the county board's uh, 
players that they had to make a decision. And I think that's where the little breakdown came through tonight, Wednesday, that the players felt they were going to go train on Wednesday night, no matter who was training them. They were even, you know, who, even the Phantom had to take them themselves. They were going to go training and they were going to get back on. And that's a great sign of character for them lads with all of what happened, that they went out and tugged out in the faithful field and had a session last Wednesday night and didn't really get bogged down in the ins and outs. And I think that's where Tommy came from, that he didn't want to involve the players because they hadn't spoken out uh, at all in the whole situation. So I think the players felt that the county board wanted them to nearly say they didn't want Stephen Wallace, but uh, in fairness to the players, they stood over and the county board made the right decision Wednesday evening, you know, by removing mm. the management team. Yeah, the, another aspect which I'm just going to touch on here, it was a lot of people contrasted the fact that the, 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 Offaly, the Offaly affair was very public and there was a lot of discussion. I mean, you know, let's, let's not put a tooth in it. Like the fact that you were speaking quite freely on Midlands Radio on this podcast with your column in the Irish Examiner, that, that all kind of, you know, pushed it a little bit. Whereas, you know, some people contrasted that with the situation in Loud, where Pete McGrath made some quite strong comments almost against his players, and yet that got lost possibly because they didn't have that kind of, you know, it wasn't being played out in the national media to a certain extent. Now, there's two ways you can look on that. One is that probably you could argue that Offaly GA, the reputation has taken a bit of a hammer over the last seven days. The other side of that is Pete McGrath is still in charge in Louth, even though that doesn't appear to be working. Whereas in Offaly, at least, you know, a management team that wasn't working, you know, wherever you choose to lay blame for that, the management system was not working and it has been replaced with four guys who are going to try something different. So that's a positive outcome. I mean, you know, which of those is better, would <laughs> if I was to say that? Well, what what can happen, would you believe, at times is player uh, a manager can go into a dressing room, uh, or he could have a meeting with your players and say, "Look, lads, I'm going to be coming out in the public domain here in the media, and I'm going to be saying one or two things you might like to hear." But at least to know that, and you tip them off, and maybe to take the pressure off the players and put it onto the management. Sometimes when the managers come under that much pressure, but obviously Pete McGrath's comments about some of the things was, you know, it wouldn't be good. But he probably could have the players pre-warned about that, whereas. Some of the stuff we had, you know, wasn't really acceptable, as in our manager sitting in the stand and layers mm. of clothes on him and a hoodie and different stuff. And, you know, whether we like it or not, there was obviously something happened at half time. And, you know, even the, the decision making of players and different things. But, you know, to counter all that, to see some of the lads that's back already in the set up and back training with Offie, you know, that just says to me, um, I don't think it was a really enjoyable place to be, whereas now it looks like it's going to be an enjoyable place to be, you know. Mm, yeah, well, I think the other thing, too, which gets forgotten in all this is it's easy to come out and when the wounds of losing the game are raw and say, OK, look, we just played the team that finished 32nd in Ireland in the in the Leinster Championship and it didn't end well. So clearly we're going to go nowhere in the qualifiers. But the other thing is that I suppose everybody who ends up in the first round of the qualifiers is there because they have problems. Now, OK, yeah, I think it's probably not being unfair to our current panel to say if we're pulled out in the hat against Mayo or Tyrone, there ends the season. But on the other hand, there's plenty of other teams you could draw at that stage that, you know, you would say to yourself, well, those would be perfectly winnable ties and you never know where the season could go from there. Yeah, but the, the, the thing here is if we just did continue with the current management, like at the end, the end of the year, it would have been gone. Mm. At least now... 
there's people in charge. I'm not saying they're going to be in charge going forward, but at least whoever comes in charge, the county board of time now to go and appoint someone for the 2019 season. So no matter who they appoint now, which will be, and they're knocked out of the championship, uh, they can go now and look at every club game and off and reassess the whole situation and come up with a panel and a, and a list of players and potential players. And they can go and meet them and talk to them and try and encourage them to come in for Offaly because at the moment the appetite wouldn't be hectic to come into the Offaly setup. And now that it's stabilised and we have local lads over that have 100% interest in Offaly football, you know, you can see players now that will commit that haven't committed. So, you know, in saying that, it just couldn't have gone any longer. If Stephen didn't go last week, he definitely would have been gone again at the end of the year. At least now there's time now to look at club matches. And as you said, if they get one or two wins under the championship uh, in, in the qualifiers, you know, these lads, I think, are capable of beating a lot of teams that's going to be in the qualifier draw. You know, with the exception, as you said, of Tyrone or, or Mayo. Mm. Yeah, well, I think even, even just that little bit of momentum in that if you could pick up, even if it was as simple as, you know, you get, let's face it, like a loud or in similar disarray, you could get somebody like London, you could get somebody like, I mean, like, I don't think anybody would, I don't think anybody would believe that if we drew Wicklow again, we wouldn't have a great chance there. Waterford clearly aren't up to very much. You know, if you got one of those straight off the bat, then even at the next stage, you're looking at a situation where you could get, you know, you could get Leitrim, you could get, after that now it gets a lot trickier, all right, but there would be there would be other teams there that you would say to yourself, okay, you could have a Sligo or even a Fermanagh, something like that would be another winnable game. Even if you got a win or two under your belts, it, it it's not that it's going to change anything in 2018, but it's something for the next management team, whoever it is, to go yeah. to your John Maloney's and to go to your Graham Gilfoyles and to go to your Joe Matters and, you know, Rory, well, Rory Allen out of the country, obviously, but to all these other people and to say, look, there's actually something here to build on. Yeah, well, it's great even in, in the last couple of days that Brian Darby is back on the panel. Johnny Maloney returned to training Friday night. Uh, Johnny Dyle from Kildare took the session in some blog. The train last night in O'Connor Park, uh, there were 32 or 3 players. Thomas Mooney was in from St. Bridget's, also PJ Daly in from Cap and Cor. Uh, Owen Rigney will be back next Saturday when he, he finishes his exams this week. Obviously, Owen is going on to be a doctor and uh, more luck to him. He's studied, definitely come first. Mm. So all of a sudden now we have the spine of a, a nice team down the middle. And you uh, add in the fact that Owen Carroll could be right. I think he played maybe half an hour, 40 minutes last night in the 15-minute side game. So the mood, everything was very positive last night. And that can, it can be very good even. I think Nigel stepped back after some of the management and practice his freeze and different things. So Dave here was back doing the physical and strength and condition. So things are looking up already. And as you said, if they got a nice draw on the qualifiers, they could win at least two games and that, not three, you know. So like, it might be just all doom and gloom and... But the most important thing now is we'll have stability going into 2019 because there's no doubt whoever the management team will be in 2019 will be from Offaly, that's for certain. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Brian, as always, thanks a million for your time this week. And sure, all we can say in the meantime, the football situation will continue to develop. But for now, it's all about O'Connor Park on Saturday evening. And let's hope we give Wexford plenty to think about. Well, just Kevin, I just think this is the one we can win. And let's hope we can win it because... Uh, these lads have put in a ferocious effort, the same as Wexford have in every other team, but I just think there's a win in this, and I think this is the weekend for us. Great stuff. Well, I can't end on a more positive note than that. Brian, <laughs> thanks a million for your time, and we'll okay, talk to you Emma. next week.
And that's that for week 23. My thanks as always to Brian Gavin for joining me. My thanks to you for tuning in. It's been great having you on board. Look forward to talking to you again next week. In the meantime, feel free to get in touch to weareoffly at gmail.com. We are awfully on Twitter. Be delighted to hear from you. God knows there'll certainly be plenty to talk about. Whatever else you can say about being an awfully supporter these days, it certainly ain't boring. I hope I'll see you all in Bournemouth O'Connor Park on Saturday evening. Until then, have a good week. Talk to you soon.